is the unofficial Home and Away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavanagh, where I take a weekly look at the trials and tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Samabai. Each week, I'll do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters find themselves in, like... Is minding your friend's baby without their permission really a kidnapping? Or is murdering a murderer really a crime? Get ready to feel closer each day to Home and Away. Before I get started, I want to share a top tip to really elevate your Home and Away viewing experience. And that is no spoilers. So don't look at what's coming up tomorrow on Home and Away. Avoid reading the episode descriptions. Hold off. Because my, oh my, is it worth it. And I got a lovely email in from Jennifer to summerbayspodcast at gmail.com saying that she's been watching Home and Away since about 2005. And when she went on holidays, her dad would lovingly record all the episodes on tape for when she got back. So big up Jennifer's dad. That's amazing. And she says, I love that you're into the no spoilers thing. I spend all my time scrolling through the episodes that I might not have seen squinting and then when you click on the episode you have to squint even more in case the episode photo was a spoiler Jennifer I'm so with you I do that as well it's so hard and then sometimes you kind of let temptation get you but then when I know something's going to happen I'm just waiting for it to happen it kind of ruins my experience that's why the no spoiler thing is a game changer and I couldn't have said it better myself. Jennifer goes on to say, the show is beautifully predictable. Why would you spoil any actual surprises for yourself? Amen. Amen. Alf has finally returned. He is back. I'm so happy to see him and he's back to sort stuff out. I'm so happy nobody gets business done like Mr. Alf Stewart. I love, I love, I love how he refuses to accept that the fact that he was on his honeymoon for like why he doesn't isn't updated on anyone's news. Like, Alf, it's you're allowed to have your honeymoon. Okay, I do understand like a lot of stuff has gone down. We have Leah, we have Ryder, we have Ben and Maggie, we have Maz and John. Like there's a lot to catch up on. They all keep saying, no, 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 you were on your honeymoon. And he's like, no, not accepting it. But like they would have been on the phone to him like every day looking for advice or updating him so like they couldn't it's like if I start now when will I stop so he's been a great comfort to a very lonely Maz now that the Parada's moved out and I love how Maz is like oh no I'm fine and she's like avoiding everything Uh, but no Alf straight in there getting to the bottom of it love it and Alf and Martha are such a good team so they're sitting down having the lunch with Maz and she's talking about her dates with John but then Martha's like no no why don't you let us girls chat so I think there's they're very, they're quite a good yin to a yang. I love it. But with regards to John and Marilyn, the week was going great. We had John walking her to and from work. We It seemed like they were going back to the start to kind of like bounce forward. I was shocked when she was saying to Martha and Alf, I was always going to end up here and I feel really empty. But maybe Marilyn, the reason you feel empty is because now you, your house is empty. And you don't have the Pradas to look after. You don't have John to mind. There's, there's no Rafi. There's no Jet. Maybe that's your emptiness feeling. And when Martha says like, oh, what does your future like? Does it include John? And she's like, I don't know. And is that like a scared person's way of saying no? I don't know. Oh, I just don't. I really, I can't take a Maggie and Ben break up and a John and Marilyn. 
Like, come on. And Maz and John have been together for so long. I really, really don't want that to happen. So when Marilyn's forced to confront how she's feeling about John, it just made me scared. I don't want that to happen. But anyway, he gets his big catch up with Leah, which is good. And then he gets to catch up with Ben, even better. And then it was so lovely what Alf said to to Tori being like, I reckon Robbo would be really proud of you when Tori's really tired. She's like, thanks, I really needed it. Just go on, Alf. I never knew how much I missed you. You're just great. Just love it. And I love how much he's pressing Rue with the writer stuff because he's like, sit down and tell me now. Love it. Because Evan Slater, Ryder's dad, the lack of respect for Alf Stewart when he meets Alf in the surf club and he says Evan's name wrong. And then it was like, you must be Ryder's dad. I was like, well, what's your story? And he, Evan's like, it's very long. It's very complicated. Uh, forgive me, but I can't. Excuse me. There, no, not into it. I know I went on last on a bit of a rant last week, but I'm not even sorry. I hate this man so much, even though I know what news is coming, what happened this week. I just think he's the biggest wimp to ever walk in to this set. And I think I'm happy with Ryder how he's acting this week with the dad with Evan Slater as dad. So he's saying like He's saying you're probably just searching for inspiration, but I don't need you. I don't need you to prove yourself to me. Like, I'm fine. Like, leave me alone. And what's with all these, like, long lunches where Evan doesn't say anything and Ryder's like, I hate the sound of my own voice. Why does he keep making me go in these? You want to get to know me, but you don't want me to get to know you. That just makes Ryder feel really used because, like, you're not getting anything out of the relationship. You're just getting someone to learn all this about you, but you're not getting anything in return. And he's staying on for another week, of course, with those high-waisted jeans and like a brown shirt and those boots. You only get a small glimpse of them, but they're above the ankle. They're basically like a small welly boot, but they're brown. Oh, I just can't. And it's this, I'm trying to be really cool. So, of course... Like, you have to love Rue. She's getting involved with Evan and to protect Ryder, which is great because Ryder's not that, like... I don't know how deep Ryder is as a character. And look, he's only, like, 19 or 20 and that's fine. But, like, I feel he doesn't have the worldly, I'm going to say prowess, or the maturity or the experience to kind of second-guess the dad stuff. Long-lost dad rocks into town... Yeah, I just yeah, it does come under the guise of like, oh, I'm just having a midlife crisis and these are my regrets. But anyway, it's great that Rue is getting involved, especially when uh, Ryder can air his frustrations about the coming back from the dinner and Evan isn't talking and it's like he gives me nothing. And it's very like, how stressful is that? And it's one way conversation. Not great. And Ryder's like, I didn't ask for this. I don't want it. Can we not just go back to the way things were? So Rue's just on it so fast. She's like, you're holding something back. Ryder can tell. I can tell. And then here comes the bombshell. I use that word very lightly. Of course he's dying. And of course it's something random, like asbestos poisoning. And of course he's fine. And then he's just going to randomly drop dead. And then it. what I hate about this is Evan is just trying to control the narrative around this. What so so you want to get to know a son to know to clear your conscience that you have someone to like carry your legacy and who's now met you, but then you're ultimately going to be dead in a few months. 
So then you're not really thinking about what's going to happen after that. And he's saying, they're like, oh, I don't want to lumber him with a burden. Well, the burden's going to be far times worse when you die. Uh, and he's like, I don't want to be remembered as a dying dad. Well, that's the story that it is. So thank God Rue comes in with her ultimatum. The cheek, the nerve of Evan to go, oh, you gave me your word. You kind of seem like that means something to you. And she's like, it does, but writing means more. Boom, 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 boom. Yes, Rue, perfect. Ugh. Also, sorry, sidebar to this, the height disparity between the two of them. <laughs> like, they need to have their conversation sitting down because I know he, Ryder's dad is played by this guy, Cameron Dado, who is like a well-known figure in Australia. So it's not like they could cast him to size up with Rue. It's like a guest starring role. So we can't do anything about the height, but Rue just looks so teensy and cute. But the ultimatum then forces Evan to try and tell him. And then he's like, I'm sick. Sick of living with regret. And then it comes into this like emotional manipulation going like, well, I'm not going to tell you what my problem is. I'll just let you think that it's a midlife crisis. And then don't regret sending me away. Sorry, what? Just wimp, 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 wimp. Can't say it enough. And then they're going to be going to some gig. But the bit that wanted me to just punch my TV was when he goes to Rue. It's like when Rue's like, why haven't you told me yet? And he goes... Well, he's, it's my son. I'm going to be dealing with it my way. Oh, I hate him. Oh, God, I hate him. I hate him. And luckily, Rue was quick as a flash. I've been more of a parent to him that, than you. So, And then he kind of goes back in his box. But the nerve, the neck, the neck. Oh, I hate him. I hate him so much. We have to move on. So one to Maggie and Ben. As their separation saga continues... We have Maggie on one hand, who's very upset. And then Ben on the other hand is doing quite great and holding up well. I loved his little chat with John and John being like, oh, we're in it together and I'm in a caravan and oh, I'm doing okay too, apart from that possum running around the roof of the, of the caravan. Shout out to Mr. Bojangles, the name of that possum, who terrorises the caravan park. Gotta love him. But anyway, Maggie and Ben have a good few, more than enough awkward bump-ins and then cue Ziggy feeling really guilty about, well, her anger towards mum putting her in this position and then well, mum's on the house on her own and while her mum, Maggie is venting, but I don't think she really realises like Rue should be probably hearing this, not your daughter because she's like, oh, this is the new normal and we have to get used to things and like you can't run away from yourself. So it's just really making Ziggy feel really guilty. So no wonder she wants to go and move back because Maggie was, well, inadvertently, I don't think she's doing it on purpose, like laying it on pretty thick. So Ziggy's spending all her extra time with her mum and I love when Ziggy was saying to Colby, it was like, oh, I'm moving out and like, oh, there's no hot water, sorry. And you don't have to put up with me anymore. And yes, Ziggy, it is very much putting up with you. You are not a conscientious housemate at all. So I can't believe Colby didn't do more of a sing and dance about it. But then obviously Maggie is delighted. But then when Ben finds out, then they have this awkward conversation where Ben's like, mm, well, I don't think Ziggy wants to move in with you. So then Ziggy does move in, which is definitely the right call, I suppose. And it didn't put Maggie in the best light, any of that. And I think she knows it. Hence why she's gone on her trip. Look, it, did, it the whole thing didn't make Maggie look that great. And she's probably embarrassed 
And she should also be impressed by the comment saying, you stick to your side of the bay and I'll stick to mine. Like, what are you talking about? That place is like three buildings. You cannot separate. Oh, it's just quite a burn for Maggie, especially when it's something you didn't notice and you thought it, Ziggy was moving in for the right reasons. And it's such a burn coming from Ben. Like, oh, out of everyone. It's just, even if it came from Dean, it would have been better, but it didn't. It came from the husband who seems to be doing fine without you. Oh, just not great. So I think her going on the trip away is definitely what we all need. <laughs> Throughout this, so we have Ziggy getting her promotion and work. We have her ping-ponging between her parents. But then we also have Dean. Dean while they don't go into it with any solo time with Dean about his intense love for Ziggy, it's very, like he doesn't talk about it and you never get any like solo shots up to his face or you never see him on his own being like let down when Ziggy can't meet him. So it is all very surface level what we're getting. But like even when he didn't want her to move out and he was helping her to pack, you know he didn't want to do it and you just feel really bad for him. And then you know that he's moving out and then Willow and Colby are like trying to get him to talk and he won't talk in a classic Dean way. But I, I don't see it as a problem with Dean or that it's going anywhere badly. But he has Ziggy like hook, line and sinker. He's locked into her. She can be a bit of a bad housemate. She can kind of go fly off the handle, get angry all she wants and... But Dean is her rock because Ziggy is such a hothead. I don't, and he is too, to an extent, but I don't know where she would be without him. And I don't think he's fully appreciated for the the love and support he gives because I don't think she's given much of it right now. It seems to be like the Ziggy show, but Dean is like so into it. And I'm very happy that she's gone back to move back in just for him, but... It just in sometimes I see it just a little bit one sided that he's into it more than she is because if they made it through that her leaving the bay to work on the like the NASCARs ring I think they can make it through I think they're here for the long run well for Dean's sake I certainly hope so now on to the Paradas we have Deja Braxton <laughs> thank you John for that amazing line. Oh, I loved it. Absolutely just nail on the head. Because I also got an email in from Sophie Killian saying, is that the same house as the Braxton's? And I'm pretty sure it is. It looks very familiar. It's beside John and Marilyn. I think it is. I really think it is. And I don't think they would have, I don't think they would have thrown in the line from John saying Deja Braxton if that wasn't it. Now I know they're like, look, three brothers as well. So it's a little bit similar in that case, but... I don't know. I think it's it. But that's kind of like the most fun I can talk about the Pradas for this week because I'm so sick of this back and forth with Tani and Ari. Oh, just they get on, they don't get on. Ari moves in basically without being asked. And Gemma is like trying to make it work between the two of them. She's obviously not going to choose. But Ari's also not offering anything. It's like, give me oh, a day to find a better house. It's like, you, you've been here for months and you haven't been able to find a house. The only house you could find was a caravan staying with Maz or else a car. Like, like I just don't understand this resistance from Ari. Because even when Ari opens up to Mac and he said, oh, well, when I came out of prison, Tani was a different person. I just find that that's not a believable sell because I just think, well, Mac was like, well, he obviously didn't have his big brother around and he got a bit lost. That's your answer why can't you try have a heart to heart with Tani like I just this like 
fountain of hatred towards him. It's just, it's going around in circles and it's just really getting a bit tiresome. So I'm delighted that Gemma is like, no, we're moving in after a very convincing ploy from uh, Nick. Just really like like it. And then when Ari moves in and then starts, okay, fair enough, trying to pay rent, that's grand. But trying to start like pulling rank and stuff. And then I totally agree. Tani's like, well, it, no one asked you to move in, so move out. We don't want you here. You don't have to be here. And then Gemma's like, oh, one, one of you has to leave because this isn't going to happen. So... I do appreciate uh, Ari going then, okay, we'll dig, we'll start doing work in the garden to, you know, to try kind of mend the bridges. But honestly, if the story doesn't move on, I'm going to scream. They have to start getting along. This has gone on far too long. I'm not, just not into it. But a story that I am into, I am living for is Jasmine. My oh my, the wheels are all coming off. I actually don't even think there's even wheels left. So she's not going to work. She's being super standoffish with a very concerned Irene and Willow saying like, Kobe doesn't want me. He he can't deal with me. Like she's not really dealing with reality. She's just dealing with her version of reality. And it's great that Willow is getting involved, encouraging Colby to reach out, which he does. Then they have a chat and it's all going great. And she's like, drunk me, felt safe with you. I'm so sorry that we kissed. And she seems like everything's going fine. Dee, 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 like heading towards destruction. And then we get the comment. How did you know it wasn't fine? Oh, it was Willow, was it? And then it turns into this spiral of Jasmine thinking they betrayed her. And they're talking about her behind her back like this big gossip session. And she can't really see that it's for like her benefit and they're not gossiping um, and the square up insult Whew, my oh my digging a willow for her relationships that's not very fair and very interesting placement of Justin and Leah off the back of their hot and steamy date where just sidebar he's like oh do you want another glass of champagne and she's like oh I'd love a walk and he's like yeah I'd love a walk like they're such a steamy couple at the moment. Would it not be like, I prefer if we had another glass at home or like had some kind of saucy comment. But no, they have, oh yeah, a walk would be amazing instead of this glass of champagne. Come on. Anyway, now I understand why they had to get downstairs because they had to witness the show down. And very interesting because like last week, we have Lee and Justin witnessing weird bits of Jasmine that Tori is not seeing and this crucial part of the story very much so and also another sidebar it's very awkward that Willow was caught in the fight with Jasmine in front of her ex Justin that's also a bit like just morto if your ex-boyfriend caught you having squaring having a fight with your best friend so then anyway Jasmine goes for a big long run and confides in Tori because she doesn't know where to go she obviously feels safe when she's near Grace and then she's talking about how she's like feeling watched and they're conspiring against her and they're talking behind her back and she's so tired of that but that's really just not the reality and not what's happening then when Tori goes for her sleep of course Lee and Justin back from their walk um, they catch her and they're freaked out and Justin is being like not very like normal Justin Justin's being like get her out of here he's really freaked out and like this isn't the place for her to 
come with her emotional issues, Grace's safety is paramount. Then we do enter into a conversation that's happened again and again and again where Tori's like, I decide Grace's care. I am her mother. But like, I don't know. They just really do have something to stand on. And Tori doesn't know about the square up with Jasmine that day, that day. And just being like, oh, I have a bad feeling about this. Meanwhile, cue the creepy music and the pictures of the family album. Oh, just when you think it's not going to go down the route where it's going, it goes and turns around and it's down the route. I hoped it was going. Oh, what is she doing? Those pictures so... Oh, this is a great way to end the week. And speaking of endings, that's where I'm going to leave it up for today. If you want to get in touch, you can email summerbayspodcast at gmail.com. If you have time, I'd love if you could subscribe, rate or review. It just if you have a second, but no pressure. And don't forget about the no spoilers. Join me and Jen. It's amazing. It's so good. G'day, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.